monsters, madness, and magic. Well, one of the things I read today, it's not too, too important, but um, I saw that the uh, the guy from Lab Zero Games, who was the uh, one of the head developers of Skullgirls, um, he was supposed to step down amid allegations, but um, he pretty much kind of pulled a wolf of Wall Street and was like, I'm not leaving anywhere. I mean... <laughs> This isn't a comment on like the veracity of the allegations, but with as much of this stuff is going around without proof, like people just kind of slinging mud, you know? Yeah. Or is there proof? Like, are there receipts or what's going on? So essentially what I've seen is that I've seen some screenshots of some uh, messages and it doesn't seem like on the boards of sexual harassment it seems just kind of more like this person's really socially awkward um and he maybe doesn't know how exactly how to talk to women so i mean that's i feel like that like what you described is like inevitable like people who may be autistic or have some sort of social disorder it's like they're they're getting crucified for their problems, you know? Yeah. And I, I get, well, I mean, that just kind of leads into what I have first. Uh, Brian Mitsoda, the lead writer, was kicked off of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2. I'll send you a link. And he wasn't given a reason. Like, he has no clue as to why. And this guy was also the lead writer on Bloodlines 1. So that really that really puts a hamper on my anticipation for this game. I'll say that much. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, there's so much of this shit going around that it's hard to say. It's hard to parse what's true and what's not, you know? Yeah, and I mean, trust me, I get it. You want to believe um, allegations, but at the same time, uh, you know, I mean, we, we based, we, we, it, it seems like the, the roles have reversed where it's um, guilty until proven innocent when it used to be the other way around. And like I said, don't get me wrong, I understand, you know, Thing, assaults don't get reported because of certain things, but um, I don't know. I just feel like some of this stuff is is might be a little mob mentality ish, um, because I have some people seen some people come out and make allegations, and those people kept receipts, and they were like, "No, this didn't happen." Uh, like I said, I watched it really unfold in the fighting game community. Um, and I'll just say I'm glad I don't go to tournaments anymore except locals um, because I just, yeah, I just think it's it's a little too much. Like I said, I get it. You know, yes, 
there are people that are, are socially awkward. However, there are people that are creepy. However, there all are also criminals, you know. And I think, I think, I think what needs to happen is a direct code of conduct uh, needs to be developed. Yeah, yeah, I can agree with that. There's a, there's also like just to give a bit of a counterpoint to that. I'm not sure if you're familiar with like the Linux community. A little like, bit. All right. Uh, did you hear about any of their like code of conduct stuff? Like, no, I didn't, yeah, I didn't hear any, anything. Uh, all right. So, uh, it they have a code of conduct, but a lot of people like do not like it and did not take it up because, uh, in technology, there's a term like I don't know if you remember, like way back in the day, like you had like uh whenever you were putting a hard drive in a computer if you had more than one of them you would have a master drive and a slave drive mm -hmm. and their code of conduct is like that terminology is dated blah 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 and okay to an extent i can see their point but at the same time if you remove all of this dated terminology like it got to a ridiculous point to me where they were saying things like blacklist and whitelist are racist. And I don't know about what you think about that. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> well, when I hear when I hear it like blacklist, I think of somebody is like banned, like automatically my mind comes to somebody's banned, like they're blacklisted. Like I know on. Uh, on I, I know on. First per well, I remember on the 360. I remember you could blacklist players that you didn't want to run into. Like I used to do it. Like if somebody's connection was crappy, like when I was playing Street Fighter, I would blacklist them. Like it, like yeah, that doesn't like nothing racial comes to my mind at all when I hear blacklist. I just think of banned or uh, I don't want to talk to this person or this person's on a list where you know, they're on a list for a reason, like they're blacklisted for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that's what comes to everybody who's sane's mind whenever they hear those words. But some, I, I don't know, man, like, I, I feel like a lot of this stuff may have good intentions. But some of the people who are writing this and coming up with these policies aren't as smart as they think they are. And I would argue that a lot of them are being outright malicious and just doing this for social clout. Yeah, I, I can agree, too. I think there are good intentions for some people. Like, hey, if somebody is doing something that's uh, heinous um, or illegal or uh, making somebody feel uncomfortable, yes, like that person needs to be, you know, handled or outed so that, like, you know, everybody is well aware However, I do think, like, you know, if I don't ever, ever want to come off like I'm victim blaming because I know that can get spun a certain way. Um, I just feel that, you know, everything, every everything needs to be looked at, you know, complete. Everything needs to be looked at completely. Um, yeah. Both sides, like I said, even just I, I, I'd rather cover all bases and know all the facts then you know hear one side and although the one side may be true um 
Yeah, I Con- would just re- yeah. Context matters. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I really couldn't agree more with that. I I just feel like a lot of this stuff where, like I said, trying not to, people will jump. I feel like, why am I even trying to, like, neuter what I'm saying? Because people will jump down my throat anyway. Like, even if I tried to put it in as nice a way as possible. Yeah. But But it's... My grandmother used to have a saying, all the crazy people ain't dead yet. So you <laughs> need to put everything into context and make sure, like like you said, you're getting the entire story, not just one side. Yeah, one of the things I'm I'm kind of um, slightly afraid of is that, like, we're going to start, like, banning content uh, from the past. Like, last night, Key and I watched... Uh, like we were just looking for a movie to watch and we found clueless on Netflix. We were just like, oh, okay, we haven't seen this in a while. And like some of the things that they said, I was just like, well, that wouldn't fly uh, here. And like some of the other scenes, like it's just things that there's just would not fly that they would 20 years ago or uh, 25 years ago in 1995. And I'm, I am honestly a little afraid that we will lose like, you know, some content like I mean they already did it with Gone with the Wind and I don't care about Gone with the Wind but no offense like you banning Gone with the Wind with its racial undertones of the time like that doesn't do anything no it doesn't like that that time is gone like we've got bigger stuff to worry about now like one of my favorite things I've seen is like all this stuff that's happened recently with George Floyd mm-hmm. and you know people demanding police reform and health care and instead what we get is banning gone with the wind or uh, removing aunt jemima and uncle ben yeah 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 it's just all performative it's all performative stuff so that these big companies can say look we're quote unquote down with the cause by our shit yeah yeah um yeah that's essentially what june and july was was pretty much about and i think some people have uh I, I do believe um I think politics plays into a big part of that. Um but yeah, it's 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 clearly a problem because it's like you it's like the companies understand that there's a problem, but you're you're putting band aids on certain things and not just addressing the wound. Like Yeah. It's like you've got you've got a gaping gunshot wound like our society has a huge gunshot wound. And like you said, you're just trying to put a Band-Aid on it and like, oh, this is what you guys wanted. Right. You didn't want Aunt Jemima. It's like I don't know a single black person who gave a fuck about Aunt Jemima. I mean, we knew the racial undertones already, but it's just like, hey, and and trust me, I understand some cases are clear cut uh, than others. Um, but it's like, hey, we're just asking that you hold police accountable for um for some of these situations that look and that are on video and that are completely sketch. Like that's all we're asking. Yeah, yeah. Because they are held to, I mean, they are held to, you know, a higher standard. Like I said, I understand that. Hey, I don't want to be a police officer. They get paid less than I do, and they have to do a lot more work. 
it's a stressful job, but however, you know, they are held to a higher standard. Yeah, I mean, they've got to be. That's, I mean, if your your job is basically holding up the standard for everybody else, you should be held to a higher standard. Mm. But I mean, that just kind of leads into this other thing, and I swear. Okay. Like, I swear this all just happened this week. So it's not just because you're on this podcast, but uh, I found this uh, this gigabrained article about how alien and predator reinforce anti-black racism. And I'll post a link to it in the chat so that you can hmm. look over it. Take your time. We can edit this, whatever. But. My take on the article is basically the alien is black and the predator has dreadlocks. Therefore, they represent black people. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Just take yeah. a gander. Just take a gander at that real quick. I'm, I'm, I'm watching. I'm reading this and I'm kind of like, uh. The black woman as an alien? <laughs> huh. Like, all right, let me uh let me find some choice quotes that I just thought were interesting and made absolutely zero sense from this. Uh ch -ch -ch, let me see. All right. I'm gonna read this in the accent that like I'm just I'm going to read it in the accent that I initially read it at. Mm -hmm. In the context of anti-black culture, the film signifies the black woman as an unkillable and ceaselessly breeding alien who threatened the Bali politic. That just makes black women seem fucking rad. <laughs> and another one. Black men and boys are imagined as dangerous, threatening, inherently criminal, and superhuman. Bigger, faster, stronger, and less likely to feel pain. This is also cool. Pred Predator depicted a black dreadlocked, large, and super virile male in a way that converged white art with white political history. A white man once said he thought it was cool that I had dreadlocks like the Predator. This is not a compliment. It, it really is, though. That's exactly what it was. He said he thought it was cool that you had dreadlocks. That That's, that's exactly what a compliment is. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Like, to me, this article is a prime example of people being educated about nothing that actually fucking matters. And I don't believe that the person who wrote this article genuinely believes half the shit that he wrote. Yeah, this, um... Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how they got this from... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how they got <laughs> this from Alien versus Predator. Like, I'm reading um, the... Uh, okay, I'm seeing a quote right here. It says, The idea of black boys and men as super predators was also expressed by Hillary Clinton in 1996. And I understand... Okay, so, like, that... That was extremely wrong of her to say. But I under... But somebody... I, um, I was reading something... Uh, 
a couple of days ago where it was talking about um you know people who do bring up the crime bill and one of the things that i like i mean obviously we were born in you know the 90s but we were very young when this stuff was coming out so it's like we didn't understand you know uh the condition the world was in and somebody stated uh you know yeah things in that crime bill you know screwed up a lot for you know future people along with the super predators and whatnot but it also was like one of the statements they made were basically saying um basically how crack and other drugs had decimated the neighborhoods you know that's why um more people were were, were for the actual bill but this is I, i'm I don't know how this person got this from Alien versus Predator. Like like I said, man, like I can't help but think that this is all like a real cynical ploy to get clicks. And I feel like I'm playing into it by even bringing it up, but it's like I can't I couldn't imagine talking to somebody that unironically believed this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I get what they're saying. Like, yeah, has have you know movies in the have movies, anime, and and content, and video games played into stereotypes before? Yes, they have. Like, I mean, obviously, let's take a look at Dragon Ball. If you look at how you know, yeah, yeah, black Mr. character, Popo. yeah, yeah. If you've even looked at uh Asian uh esque uh cleaning commercials. Um, hell, even Balrog in Street Fighter 2, they said, uh, his dislikes were, uh, hard work and, uh, learning. Like, oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I get what they're saying, but I don't, I, I never got this from, uh, Alien versus Predator. Like, this seems like a reach, like, from Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. Just the comical, like, cartoon Michael Jordan just reaching yeah. his arm to that goal. Yeah, that those were my thoughts too like i definitely i'm with you i think that there are definitely some criticisms to be made in how minorities were represented in media but this type of stuff doesn't help anything and if anything it just drives people away from those valid points because if you say, okay, I want to have a talk about this kind of thing, what's going to pop into people's heads? Articles like this, you know, the stuff that Anita Sarkeesian talks about all the time, and they're not going to be open to listening to you. Yeah, I, like like you said, I think there is media, cinema, uh, games that did play on these things, but um, I don't think I don't think this is one of them. Like. Like cut, like we obviously know colorism and stereotypes were big in the uh, the eighties and the eighties and nineties. Like, like you kind of had your your black films, and you kind of had your quote unquote uh, I'll just say blockbuster blockbuster films. Like we know, Coming to America is a cult classic, but it wasn't a blockbuster film like um. I'm drawing a blank right here. Um, it it wasn't well known among the general populace. I, yeah, I got yeah, you. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was a 
it was very it very much had its audience like it had a specific audience that it was targeting yeah for the time being yeah yeah and i mean there's nothing wrong with wanting to target like you know a black audience white audience asian asian audience whatever it's just it is what it is you know and i hate the phrase in our current times that's mm-hmm. inappropriate because in my opinion our current times are more akin to a fat chick's emotions but <laughs> i mean th- this type of stuff isn't helping anything it's just ridiculous i don't understand the point behind this at all like what what do you want from this like yeah yeah exactly i think um I think time and resources and attention to actual cases or content or media that are playing blatant stereotypes um, or whatnot, or that just are playing wrong or that may have had, you know, complete racist undertones um, need to be addressed. Um, like I said, even, even cases, or like I said, I, I know politics plays into a lot um pandering to audiences play to a lot but um yeah this kind of just seemed like a this article was meant to be click clickbait um i'm not sure where this author got this from um i would have like i said maybe maybe or maybe i'll even shoot him a little bit of bail here maybe he's on to something that we're not seeing but i i never saw it through through alien versus predator i mean or, it- Possibly, yeah, but I mean, I just, I feel like his entire argument is just torpedoed by the fact that, you know, there are black protagonists in both of these franchises, you know? So, like, if they were supposed to represent black people, like, okay, Mm -hmm. is Alien versus Predator a commentary on -on black-on-black crime? Like, I, I don't know, dude. Like, this... Like I said, I I don't understand it. I Maybe. will tell you. I will tell you what it does do. Sorry to interrupt you. It does make me want to go back and maybe watch the film from his perspective or whatnot, and see. I mean, as a as a black man, it makes me want to go back and watch this film from his perspective and see. Like I said, just to shoot him a little bit of bail to see, like, hey, is he on to something that maybe I didn't see anything? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Like I've. Maybe I will go back and watch him and try and see what he's seeing. I don't think I'll be able to see it unless I'm blasted out of my skull, but you know what? We'll see. I mean, it'll be great something for me to watch uh, while I'm working from home. So, I mean, hey, I remember remember a little about those. I I haven't seen those movies in so long, and I don't think I watched any of the uh, reboots or sequels uh that came out within the last decade yeah i mean you're you're better off missing alien covenant i enjoyed prometheus though i was about to say isn't that like the uh prequel like the beginning of alien yeah 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 but i mean (laughs) like you said giving him just a little bit of just a little bit of leeway maybe there is something there but i read through the article and was thoroughly unconvinced <laughs> so we'll see but yeah i mean oh, we haven't seen ahead. the movie we haven't seen the movie well 
like I said, I mean, if anything, maybe it'll. If we see the movies, we can come back and revisit this point to like, yeah, uh, sorry, guy. I'm not sure what you were reaching for, but uh, it's it's not there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, on to something that I feel like you've I'm sure you've heard about this whole controversy, the Netflix cuties thing. Yeah, I, I, I saw that. And I saw the description, and I was just like, uh, I don't know who's really going to watch this, but, um. <laughs> yeah, uh, 4chan's banned all discussion from it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I mean, they outright said 4 uh, Netflix may allow this crap, but 4chan doesn't. And if 4chan has the moral high ground on you, you fuck something up. So... I mean, I I just genuinely don't know what they were thinking with this, like with the whole Epstein shit still fresh in everybody's mind, you know? Yeah. Um, like, go ahead, go ahead. Nah, go ahead, nah, you nah, you go ahead. So, so I so first, I mean, of course, I saw. I mean, everybody saw the same um, poster and description. Um, the thing that also had me a little curious is. Or I'll tell, I'll say this. This is what makes me question it. Um, I I see a lot of these films, like these or these documentaries that are questionable. You always hear about they got a standing ovation at the Sundance Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if I I mean think about it, if we were in Blockbuster or or somewhere or another video store where we were buying a movie or even just looking through uh, Netflix queue, like what makes anybody want to say, hey, I want to watch this film called Cuties. It's about an 11-year-old girl, a preteen on the way to teenaging, uh, about creating a twerking dance team. I don't know what who the target audience could possibly be other than <laughs> pedophiles. You know? <laughs> That's just my view on it. Yeah, because this isn't even, this isn't even a, a kids, you know, this isn't even a kids movie. Like, and then I, I read some uh, a little bit further in the description that apparently, like, the parents are, I think, very strict. Uh, uh, very strict. It's like an Islamic household, so it's like very strict. So it's like a a daughter rebelling, I guess, to an extent, but just it's it's really a scratch my head moment because i'm not sure like what what producer thinks you know when they when they were creating the storyboard or they were like getting this film greenlit like saying like oh yeah this is gonna be good oh yeah this is a good idea and it also makes me wonder like at netflix as you said with the epstein issue going on who was to say like oh yeah this is gonna be good unless they were thinking Hey, let's put this out. Let's get some traction. You know, we know all publicity is, you know, bad publicity is good publicity. You know, it'll get people talking about, you know, this film. Because I'm of the belief that I don't think this film is going to see Netflix. You don't think it's going to what Netflix now? I don't. I don't think it's going to be seen on Netflix. Like nobody's going to watch it. 
no, I think this film is going to be like taken off like the streaming platform of Netflix. Oh, like, I don't think oh. it's ever like I don't think it's ever going to make it. Like I don't think it's going to hit its release date. Like maybe this may hit Amazon Prime, Hulu, or Crackle, or one of these other streaming platforms. But I don't see this hitting a platform as big as Netflix. If it does, I'll be honestly surprised. That's my take. You know, just based on how, I mean, for Netflix to come out, like, like we haven't seen a backlash as big as this is, like, probably since Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, man, I wish I could have seen your Facebook when that initial design got fucking shown. <laughs> like, what what were your thoughts when you first saw that, by the way? So, Don't mean to change the subject. Oh, no, but... you're fine. Um, so I was all in. Like I said, I was all in. I'm like, yes, this design looks terrible, but they had me at the tagline, every hero has a genesis, and I was just like, all right, I'm in. I'm sold. This is going to be a train wreck, but like, I'm, I'm in 100%. Like, strap me in. What did you think of the movie? Because I haven't seen it yet. So I thought the movie was actually very well done. Um I would have liked to have, you know, gone in, in theaters to see it multiple times, but obviously with the uh, the pandemic or whatnot, a lot of the theaters shut down. Um, no, I I can firmly say that this is the best video game movie of all time currently. Um, they hit on things from the comic, from uh, the shows, a few things from the video games. Um, I mean, you even got, I mean, not to spoil it, or whatnot, but even the whole Sanic meme was actually like inserted into the film. Really? Um, yeah. Like, oh it was, that, wow, that's actually that was actually inserted into the film. So I mean, they literally took parts from you know, hey, here's something from the comics. Hey, here's something from the 1994 OVA movie. Hey, here's something from the games. Hey, here's something kind of new. Like obviously with the liberties they take with movies, but. How was Jim Carrey? Amazing. I mean, but I didn't expect anything less from Jim Carrey. I mean, it gets better, and I'll say the sequel. I expect the sequel to be even, even better than the first. But um, even when I heard Jim Carrey was cast, like I had no doubt that that he was gonna kill this role. Just because I mean, when I thought Jim Carrey, Doctor Robotnik, I immediately thought Fire Marshal Bill, but maybe in a mm-hmm. fat suit. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I I'm going to have to check it out because I saw Detective Pikachu not too long ago and I was thoroughly impressed with that one. I see that's one I do have to go back and watch. Yeah. It it was good. Like I mean, they I think they focused on everything they needed to focus on. They really put the spotlight on the first 151 Pokémon, which is oh, good wow. for me because I don't have any clue about any any of them afterwards all you need to know is pokemon is still going on and i mean the anime is still going it is yes (laughs) oh wow good god like i mean i guess they have to keep putting new pokemon at this point but my big issue with the newer pokemon past the initial 151 was that they they look like neopets to me they stopped looking like pokemon yeah, I can I can agree with that. Um, 
like I said, I think um, one of the things that kind of took away the appeal to me, and this is going to make me sound really old, but like it's it's not necessarily as easy to sit in your house and play a handhold handheld system now when i have a pc and i have other consoles like when we were younger and we would travel like you could get most of that gaming done in the car or you know if your parents took you to a department store where they used to have the two little seats and the tv like you could get it done there like i just honestly feel like i don't have time to play a handheld you know, yeah. Yeah. So you don't have a switch? No, I have a switch. I love I love my switch. Oh damn! Yeah. I want to get my hands on one soon. I want to flash that son of a bitch like I used to do the Wii's, cause uh, I hear the Switch homebrew scene is pretty awesome. I haven't even um, I haven't heard anything about. It. I knew a couple people that um had modded theirs, um. But I don't think uh, last that system I um looked at any mods for was the Wii U. But I, I'm glad I never spent the money on on grabbing that. Yeah, I mean you can get one pretty cheap used now though, and apparently it's a great emulation machine. So I mean we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I I, per, I currently love my Switch. Like yeah. What all have you been playing on it? So the last thing I beat was Bloodstained, um, which I thought was good. Um, and if you need a Castlevania for this current timeline, that's it. But uh, it's just uh, it's not Castlevania. I'll say that. Mm. I've I've got that downloaded. I've got to check it out. I just. Uh... I kind of lost focus on it because there was some drama regarding like how they raised money or something like that, but I'm going to check it out eventually. It seemed it, pretty all right. It's good. It's good. I'll just say this like one thing um I don't ever remember being invested in the story, in the actual story. Like as far as I got, like I knew what was going on, but I just wasn't invested in it. Um but other than that, like I said, the gameplay is like I said, it plays literally just like a Castlevania game. Um, and like I said, it's good. Like I said, I got it for twenty bucks. Uh, it it took some time. Like you know, I did some side quests, and it's a good game. Like I just said, I'm just I wasn't invested in the um, I wasn't invested in the story. Um, of course, I played most of the son all just about all of the Sonic titles. Um, I I. One of my favorites was Hyrule Warriors. Um, I thought that game was awesome. I would love to have a sequel to that. Um, I have... What did I pick up? I picked up Breath of the Wild and Mario Tennis Aces. Well, I mean, obviously all the first-party titles are... Yeah, it's Nintendo. Yeah, Yeah. they're good. I mean, Smash, I mean, you can't... Like, it's certain titles they're just not going to miss with. Um... I'm really uh I'm hoping I can find the Bayonetta double pack for uh at least maybe ten bucks off instead of paying the full sixty because I still want to go I wouldn't mind going back and playing one and uh I would definitely love to play two. 
yeah, I wish that they would put two on PC, but I don't think that's happening because didn't Nintendo fund that game's entire development or at least a good portion of it? Yeah, but didn't uh one just recently get like a re like a, a re-release like with Vanquish? Vanquish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was uh that was Sega. So like I thought, didn't Nintendo publish the second one? Yeah, they completely. Yeah, no, they wow. completely published that second one, and I think they're completely publishing the third one. Um, I think it's been about what maybe a year or some change since that third one's been announced. I didn't even know they announced the third one. Yeah, Bayonetta three was was coming for the Switch. Like that when they said it was like Switch exclusive, I think that's when uh, everybody was just like, "All right, the Wii U is kind of officially dead." Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I saw an article the other day that there's uh there's two Wii U games coming out this year. And I I don't like I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a businessman, but uh I, I just don't know what the hell you're doing releasing anything on that system. But yeah, I'm not sure, but I I will say one of the uh cool things about uh the Switch that I do love is um some of the games that uh like uh I, I downloaded um Okami HD because you know I never got to play Okami on the PS2 or the Wii so that's like a good first time like I like I would play these games on my lunch break at work like so it was like I I always had like a chance to constantly play them play them so things like Okami um the the Grandia uh pack I mean I only bought it for Grandia too um Final Fantasy VIII the uh remaster um streets of rage 4 i still haven't got a chance to play that yet but um oh and the uh the mega man series like i ended up playing all of the mega man titles and the uh x titles um which were surprisingly all pretty good with the exception of a few and uh i'll probably say probably the best game on switch is probably marvel ultimate alliance 3 i'm i'm really disappointed that that didn't get like a pc or this generation's console release um it's great on the switch but i think it is a a crying shame that it didn't see any other platforms yeah i was shocked because those ultimate alliance games they've got quite a following and and people seem to were to be really hyped for the third one so i i was shocked that it didn't get released on anything other than the switch yeah, and it plays very well on the Switch, but um, like I said, it really is, and I mean, graphically, it looks great. I mean, obviously, you know, those games that were known for kind of like having that shell, that cell shaded uh look. Um, but I would, I would honestly love to see this game get ported to Steam or maybe down the line see it get ported to PS4 or, or Xbox One. Um. Because, I mean, now they have all... I mean, essentially, Marvel has the rights to pretty much all their characters again. So, like, I'm just thinking, like, of all the DLC they could have pumped out for this game. And I think they're still actually pumping out DLC for the first season. I think it's just taking... I think they're just taking their time with it. Oh. What are your thoughts on the whole uh, Crystal Dynamics Avengers game? Because I know you, like me, you were a fan of their Tomb Raider games. So... Um, so what I, when I initially saw the Avengers title, I, I kind of didn't understand why everybody was shitting on it. I was like, all right, this looks 
early in development. I think is the open beta going on now? I, I think it starts the 26th on PC, but I could be wrong. Well, I think it, I mean, so far what I've seen of it, it looks, it looks really cool. And I mean, like, when is the, I mean, with the exception of, you know, some Spider-Man titles and Batman titles, like, when is the last time that we've gotten, you know, an Avengers game? Was like, it the last one on, like, Genesis or something? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't get Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, like, technically the last one was on Genesis, or maybe, or if you count Marvel Super Heroes War, the gym, the, uh, the platformer for SNES. Mm. Um, but no, I, I thought, you know, I mean, I was just like, all right, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, well, obviously it's in the development. Um, and as it, like, progress further i was just like okay this game looks pretty cool like i mean this is what i i mean it's about time we've gotten you know a superhero game because what out of when the mcu came out what iron man was trash uh thor was trash i think captain america was the only decent title next to the spider-man games yeah and it it was only decent because it was a arkham asylum clone and I mean, it it was a good game. Don't get me wrong, but it it knew what was popular and it copied that formula really well. Oh, you played it? Yeah, the Captain America game on 360. Oh, I didn't, and, yeah, yeah, yeah I it was solid. That's the only one I don't have out of that uh <laughs> collection of mine. Like I have all those Marvel games. Like I even have Iron Man one and two. But I, I uh I don't know. Captain America's a little scarce these days. <laughs> I wonder how much it's going for on eBay, but not nah, like I whenever I had my 360 flash, that was one of the games I downloaded and I enjoyed it. I what it's worth. still have two 360s that are flashed. Yep, I've still got mine, too. It's collecting dust. I've got my Wii as well. But yeah, I mean, they're definitely uh there are definitely worse Marvel games out there. I'll say that much, but I mean, oh, uh, so oh, let me ahead. let me let me get your opinion on this. So, um, and I know we, br- I remember we briefly discussed this like several years ago when it wasn't really a, when it was a thing, but it wasn't really a thing. But um, what's your take on the uh, the Snyder cut? All right, so I haven't seen justice league and you know i'm not necessarily a big comic guy right so okay yeah because I'm, I'm i'm with you because i had well i mean i'm a big comic guy but i haven't seen the only dc movie i've seen is wonder woman i haven't seen batman versus superman i didn't see justice league either all right so batman versus superman i saw the director's cut of it And it pissed me off that there was a version of that movie that was allegedly worse than what I saw. (laughs) Because that movie was god-awful. Like, it was bad. Like, the motivations for the characters, I did not get it all. Like, literally, the only reason Batman and Superman stop fighting is because they both have mothers named Martha. Like, I'm not exaggerating. That's (laughs) it. And uh, but regarding the Snyder cut, 
I've heard from a lot of people that, you know, Justice League, it felt like exactly what it was, which was a Zack Snyder movie that was finished and re-edited by, uh, what's his name, uh, Joss Whedon. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody that I've talked to about it said, yeah, it kind of feels like a cut-together movie. And even though I think Batman versus Superman was not a good movie, I think that they're doing the right thing by letting Snyder finish his vision. Because I don't know if you're familiar, like, with everything that happened, like, with him and his daughter. Mm-mm. And Yeah, his his daughter committed suicide during the filming of Justice League. And that that's why he left the movie. And oh, see, I didn't, I didn't know all of that. I thought it was just because what I read um to date, what I read today actually is that this is a four-hour movie, but HBO Max is breaking it up into uh essentially like one hour, four one-hour episodes. Hmm. So they're basically turning it into a mini-series, then. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think this will get a a blu-ray like steelbook release you know all together um like i said i'm it, it made me want to kind of go back and attempt to watch batman versus superman but it did make me want to watch uh justice league because all i got all i heard when, when it came out is i heard a lot of mixed reviews like some people said like okay this was cool some people said it felt rushed some people said it was trash um one of the things i noticed from like screenshots is they were saying uh or not they were saying but they showed is in obviously in Snyder's cut the flash's lightning is yellow instead of blue what they got in the three theatrical release yeah there's a there's a whole bunch that Whedon changed in that movie like the color correction is entirely different like uh there are scenes in Zack's version that were supposed to take place at night that Whedon you know went in and post and changed it and made it day like just so the movie would be a bit more lighthearted because the thing about Batman versus Superman is that that movie is pretty goddamn nihilistic like it's not a very upbeat movie and to an extent I can see why Warner Brothers brought Whedon in because you know he was he made Avengers Avengers and he knows that lighthearted banter and stuff whereas Snyder's a very dark I hate this word, but edgy type of director, mm-hmm. and they wanted to steer it away from that. So I understand it to an extent, but I'm also glad that Snyder's getting to finish his vision for the movie. And there were a whole bunch of people trying to make it out online, like, oh, the release, the Snyder cut people are, you know, racist, blah, 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 blah. Like, I, I, that, I won't have any more of a comment on that because I think that's that's ridiculous. But yeah, if anything, I was like I would see it trend sometimes on uh, Twitter, and um, I would see I I would kind of have this thing in my head where I'd be like, all right, well, does does this thing really exist? And then I think what uh, I think Jason Momoa and one of the other actors or actresses came out and was just like, yeah, this thing does exist. And then, so I was like, all right, well, if it does exist, what are, like, 
what are the chances of this thing seeing the light of day? And then, you know, we wake up with a couple, a month or two ago and it's like, Hey, justice league, uh, Zack Snyder's justice league. And I'm like, the first thing that went through my mind was, uh, okay. How did he get like, how did he get approval to, to see this or screen this? Like, I imagine like he had to go through like paperwork hell just to get this thing even aired. Or is it that why it's technically, under the name Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, is that the title of it? And it's not just Justice League, which is probably trademarked to Warner Brothers. Yeah, I mean, I would have to imagine, like, Warner Brothers would, like, have to have some sort of, like, yes or no thing. And I would guess, like, you know, the the groundswell of support that he got really showed them that, people were interested in it because i don't know if you've heard that uh david ayer he's starting a thing to get his cut of suicide squad release that was my next point is i heard um you know there was an alternative uh to suicide squad and i never saw again i again like i said i never saw suicide squad me um i heard i don't think i heard good things about it um but again, I, I mean, I don't know because I didn't see it. But then, I, I mean, I even read that, you know, hey, there's a, a extra cut of that. And it made me think like, well, hmm, I wonder, is this, you know, movie rated R, you know? And speaking of Suicide Squad, didn't they also get a game? They got a game released uh, or a game trailer as well, along with the uh, Gotham Knight trailer, Gotham Knights trailer. Yeah, I saw that. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but Rocksteady's doing it. The Suicide Squad game, at least. And that's got me interested. But, yeah, I haven't seen that uh that teaser yet. People have been talking about it, though. Yeah, I saw the, uh, the Gotham Knights trailer, and I think uh, one of the interesting things is, um, I think they're following that storyline where Batman is dead and you're essentially playing as, you know, Nightwing, Tim Drake as Robin, uh, Batgirl, um, and I think a few other characters are uh, in there as well. So I think that's going to be pretty interesting as well. And they said it doesn't, they said it doesn't go along with the Arkham, with the Arkham timeline. So I think it's based on the, uh, the Court of Owls. Oh, Huh. So is Rocksteady doing Gotham Knights or who's doing that one? Do you know? Gotham Knights. Let me look up that real quick. Let me see. Gotham Knights. Let me see. Uh, Uh, okay, so you might have to correct me on this, but it just says Publishers, Warner Brothers, Interactive Entertainment. Um, I don't see Rocksteady anywhere, huh. anywhere here. Um, I wonder if it's the same developer that did uh, Arkham Origins then. You know, I want to play that because I heard good things about that game. I have too. Like, everybody that I've talked to about it have said, like, you know, it doesn't exceed rocksteady's games but it's up there with them so yeah because i recently um i felt so stupid for doing this i recently um 
I saw Return to Arkham on sale on PSN for uh like uh eight bucks, and I was like, oh well, I'm not gonna hook up my 360 to play Arkham City, so let me uh let me just play this. And so I uh, fire up Steam, and I'm going to play Tekken, and I notice you know Arkham City is sitting right there, you know, along with all the oh. other Arkham games, and no. I was like. Well, damn, I just wasted like eight bucks. <laughs> I've done that plenty of times before. Like, like we talked about this last time, like you'll just get a bunch of free games in a humble bundle and just forget you've got them. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I do. I paid five ninety nine for like an Arkham bundle and I got Arkham. Like all three Arkham games with their DLC. And I had completely forgot that like. Oh, like oh shit! I have these games on 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 Steam already. Like I didn't have to buy this again. Yeah, that's happened quite a few times with me too. Speaking of uh, speaking of Steam and digital storefronts and all that, uh, this Apple Epic controversy. Do you know anything about that? I've heard briefly, but I haven't delved any into it. Um, break that down for me. All right, so uh, Apple, anything sold on the Apple store, Apple takes a 30% cut of, which I think for me personally, if you're just transmitting data and you want 30% of my profits, you can go fuck yourself. (laughs) But, I mean, so I understand where Epic's coming from with this. Basically, uh, Epic released an update for Fortnite on the App Store where they gave people the option to buy V-Bucks. That's like the Fortnite in-game currency directly. Oh, okay. I did kind of hear about this, but go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. yeah nah, but uh, they, they gave people the option to buy the V-Bucks directly from them instead of going through Apple. And Apple pulled like uh, Epic's ability to release anything on the app store and this isn't just related to fortnite it's related to unreal engine all their back-end stuff so apple like i'm not gonna cheerlead any big corporation but i feel like in this situation if you put my balls in a vice and made me choose between one of the two i'd have to go with epic Mm -hmm. on this one because like I said, 30% is way too much, and Apple pretty much have a monopoly on on anything, on any Apple product to begin with. And I just don't see how they're able to get away with it because of the uh, – I'm trying to remember the name of that law, but it was basically – any general computing device which tablets and phones ipads Mm -hmm. and iphones fall under you can't restrict what people put on them so i don't know how apple's been getting away with that for years but i'm hoping at least that this will put some attention on apple and get some people at the justice department going like wait a minute what the fuck's going on here I think it's because kind of Apple provides almost like a premium service almost like um so like I'm not sure if you uh heard about um 
what Swiss Beats and Timberland have been doing. They've been doing these versus battles where each artist, like an artist, like uh, like either a producer or two R&B singers or two uh, writers, they essentially put 20 of their songs together, whether you produced, wrote, if you were a feature, like um, like one of the battles I think that they did uh, they did um, Jill Scott versus Erica Badu. Basically, they one uh, artist took twenty of their songs, another artist took twenty of their songs, and they played them back and forth. Well, initially, it was only on it was only via Instagram. Like you could either check in via Instagram or you could check in, you know like some finding somebody streaming it on YouTube but Apple stepped in and cut them a deal to where it's now, you know, available via Apple TV. Hmm. So, but and the advantage to that is now you don't have to deal with Instagram's choppiness or, you know, if so many people log into Instagram to somebody's Instagram live and Instagram has shut basically will shut down sometimes because it's happened during some of these some of these uh battles. So I think it's I think Apple kind of gets to flex their dick sometimes because although it's not right, it's basically it was like we're a premium service, we're a quali- a quote unquote quality service. That that's that's kind of what I think. Like I said, it's it's not right, but I think that's that's why. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Like, uh, what's the analogy I'm looking for here? Shit. It's like you can't you can't walk into the Ritz and say, hey, sell my shit. You yeah. know? Yeah. I got you. But, uh, I mean, some more shit. This, uh, do you played Call of Duty, the original Black Ops, right? Yeah, I played the original Black Ops. Did you check out the uh, Black Ops Cold War teaser? No, I didn't. Mm-mm. It it looks like it's going back to that old style, and I'm definitely interested this time. I just uh, posted the link in chat. I've watched a couple people stream whatever Call of Duty is um is out now, or whichever one gets the most stream time. Um, yeah, Modern Warfare. Yeah. I mean, and it looks it looks fun, but I mean, again, I don't have people to to play with. Hold on, this is oh, so this is like actually during during the Cold War. Or yeah, whatnot. yeah, like that's what it's got me and a lot of other people excited about. They're actually doing real history again. Yeah, see, that's what I that's what I like in uh in games, and I think that's what I liked about uh the Tomb Raider uh the Tomb Raider reboot series is um. You know, they actually had like some of the some actual history, you know, dealing with uh, some of the stuff like some of the Mayan and uh, Aztec culture that you were like searching through in Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Like, I think stuff like that actually kind of makes sometimes makes or breaks a game. See, I haven't finished Shadow yet, but I really enjoyed it. I think that is one of the most beautiful looking games of. probably to come out this decade and i'm i'm tempted to kind of see what it looks like i played it on ps4 but i'm tempted to see what it looks like on pc just to get that full 60 frames a second because like i said it looked that's one of the best looking games i've seen 
I've played a bit of it, and I definitely agree with you. That game looks gorgeous. I just, uh, I don't know why I haven't finished it, because I played the shit out of the reboot and Rise. Like, even Rise's DLC. Like, did you ever check out that Baba Yaga DLC? I have the DLC, but I never pl- I only played through the games. I didn't play through any of the DLC. Like, I also have the past season pass for um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. That Baba Yaga DLC was something else. Like, it was... I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it was great. It, I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, yeah, and there's also... Yeah, yeah, this, tra- this trailer I just watched look, looks pretty like, yeah, I, I, if this comes out, if this somehow happens to come out this year, maybe by holiday season, however that's going to look, I might pick this up. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Like, I don't know if you remember much of the story from Black Ops 1, but uh, do you remember Gary Oldman's character, Reznov? I do, but it's been, uh, it's been so, it's God, it feels like Black Ops was released ages ago. Yeah, yeah, it kind of was, but if you've still got it, I would definitely recommend go back, going back to play it because it holds up really well. I'm probably not going to play it. That's not going to be a 360 game that I'm going to pop out, but I'll see if I can find this on Steam or if it was ported to uh, PS4. You're, uh, you're probably better off going on like G2A or King One and trying mm-hmm. to find a key for it because Activision has those old Call of Duty games on Steam's prices like jack the fuck up. Oh, you mean like they're still like sixty bucks? Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I guess this uh, one more thing: Crisis Remastered and Hitman Three are Epic Game Store exclusives. I know that's going to drive a lot of people to pirate these things. And Wait, you mean the original, like the original Crisis and like Hitman, like as in Hitman 3? Like yeah, PS2 the, Hitman 3? No, no, the new Hitman 3. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, they're remastering Crisis and the new Hitman 3 are, are going to be an Epic Game Store exclusive. And I... I totally understand where people stand on the Epic Game Store, but at the same time, it's like I look at what they're doing right now with all the free games, and I'm and I look at Tim yeah, Sweeney, and I'm that. yeah, and I look at Tim Sweeney, and I'm just like, you are one smart son of a bitch, because <laughs> if you just want to claw Steam's market share away, there's like, what else can you do other than give away free shit? You know, they know that their client like isn't nearly as good like the epic game store doesn't even have a shopping cart yet so you have to buy every game individually but i mean if you're gonna pull people away from steam there are worse ways to do it than free shit yeah i mean that sounds i mean yeah i did see they had uh some pretty good deals like I, I go on slick deals a lot and um I've, I've been noticing like in the game section they've had some weeks what they have you know what's being given away for free um at the epic store yeah let me uh pull this up now and see what they all right so enter the gungeon and god's trigger are free now august 22nd the hitman remake Hitman 2016 is going to be free. 
and Shadowrun collection is going to be free. So, I mean, if if you like free shit, go on Epic Game Store, everybody. That's all I gotta say. They're giving, oh, they're giving, they're trying their best. Well, I'll definitely uh, check out that Hitman because I didn't play any of the. Uh, like I said, the last Hitman I played was I think Contracts for PS2. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I mean those. I mean, like I said, I I enjoy uh. I always enjoy those games. Like I said, I like a a, a decent platformer, um, or pseudo sandbox, kind of like a Mafia Three almost. Ah, that's another one I need to finish. Is Mafia Three? Great game. Great. Yeah. Game. Very very great game. Very great game. Had did you ever play uh, Mafia One or Two? No, but I do kind of want to go back and play Mafia Two just based on the ending of Mafia Three. See, I, I I need to finish Mafia Three, but they're completely remaking Mafia One, and that's oh, gonna be exciting to see. They got me. Because <laughs> what what wasn't Mafia One like originally a PC title exclusive? Yeah, it it was only on PC. And the crazy thing about Mafia One is that it predated GTA Three by only like a couple months, and like they they're both games with way similar mechanics but GTA overshadowed Mafia 1 just because of the console it was on the PS2 so <laughs> speaking of GTA 3 when's the last time you've played that or fired that up <laughs> god dude GTA 3 like the last time I like that one whenever it got re-released on the original Xbox Hmm. So it's been that long. I, I never I, played the Xbox versions. I didn't know if there was any difference between them except graphical. They're way better. They're locked at 60 frames <laughs> a second. They have custom soundtrack support. It's they're definitely worth checking out. Like and to my knowledge, like all the recent re-releases of those those games are based on the Android port. Which isn't as good as the Xbox version. Because I still have, I have all of the GTA games for PS2, and I tried to play them in kind of like chronological order. But when I got to GTA 3, it was like, it was probably like the most awful controlling game out of the entire series. Yeah, it's definitely real awkward. The what is it you hold in l1 to lock on to somebody and like his arm just like flails wherever the hell the that the yeah. driving like i mean it's like it's almost like if you want to get good at south carolinian driving it's like play gta 3 yeah 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 i i'm definitely gonna have to go back and re like i've been wanting to play san andreas again but I just I think I have it. I got it for free on the Rockstar Games launcher, mm -hmm. but there was something bugging out and I didn't get a chance to play it. But I wouldn't mind playing. I wouldn't mind. Like I uh, I never finished San Andreas, um, but I wouldn't mind going back to play it if it's I think it may be on the PSN store possibly or I don't think it's on Steam. I feel like I've seen it, but. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I'm. I think rocks like. This is another thing that grinds. Yeah, it is my on. Gears. Yeah, it is on Steam. It is on Steam. 
Huh. San Andreas is on Steam. That's kind of shocking because every company, like, dude, all right, so I don't, I'm not sure if you remember this, but a long time ago, we had a conversation. We said if Microsoft really met, wants to make a huge splash, they would release all the Halo games on PC on Steam. Yeah, and, I'm still kind of surprised. Has that, ha- has that happened? Or? Y- y- yes, that happened. Like, it shocked everybody because Microsoft was just like, you know, stuck in the Microsoft store thing. Nobody liked it, but nope, they were Microsoft, so nobody saw them changing. Then they announced Master Chief Collection on Steam. Like, and the crazy thing is, like, it's going to have mod support, a hmm. whole, yeah, whole I, bunch of stuff. I was not a. How did I miss it? Huh, how did I miss this? Hmm. Yeah, I kind of can't believe I forgot about this or missed this. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing, going back and through and playing these games because I never played. I never finished three or reach. I mean, to be honest, it's all a great deal. Like you, I'm pretty sure it's only forty bucks too for the whole package, and you get all the games as they release them. They're up to ODST now. I think they're they're releasing them. They're not releasing them all as one thing. Like they're staggering mm. the releases, and they're releasing all of them up to and including four. And that's exciting to me because I haven't even played Halo Four yet, four or five. Yes, same here. But I just saw they uh do have the Grand Theft Auto trilogy for essentially thirty bucks for three Vice City and San Andreas. I am kind of curious to know if 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 there were any mods, you know, for any oh, of these games. There was a there's still a big multiplayer mod for those games. Uh it's it's just called uh I'm pretty sure or at least it was called GTA Online before Rockstar made it official, but mm-hmm. those games have a pretty dedicated modding community. Yeah, I hope they're uh Better than how I've been reading things about the uh, Legacy of Cain games for Steam. I've I've been reading that they they're not that they're not that great. Um, I mean, they're a bitch to get set up and running. Like I ran into this problem because I'm trying to play through all the games, mm-hmm. and the biggest problem for me is that they don't support. 360 or Xbox One controllers. You have to have an old direct input controller or else you're not going to be able to map all the actions to all the buttons. Like you mean like a Logitech controller? Yeah, like though you know those Logitech controllers with the switches on the bottom that say D and X? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to have one of those types of controllers and switch it to the D mode. Hmm. That's hmm. Well, that puts a damper on things. Yeah, and uh, but uh, I'm just probably gonna find a download PCSX2 and emulate them mm-hmm. anyway because uh, I started replaying through Blood Omen One and installed this fan patch to get everything up and running, and it runs good. But then I realized, oh, this is an old game, and the save system is pretty archaic. I probably should have fired up an emulator so that I could have <laughs> save states. 
Yeah. Um, speaking of which, how is that Blood Omen One journey going? I've, I've been when Justin told me you were playing through it. I've been. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick on how's it been. I mean, you know, for me personally, like I try to look at it through the time it came out, and for the time it came out, it's impressive as shit. Like the voice acting's great. I like. It's basically a mature, gothed-up Zelda, basically. And, I mean, I'm enjoying it. It's definitely got its flaws. I I hate the, uh, like, aiming spells and throwables is Mm -hmm. really rough. But I'm enjoying it. The story and the setting and, for me, the art is really keeping it above water. Yeah, I'm, um... Like I said, I can't wait for that interview for um with Simon Templeman. Like I said, I, I still even have to get with you on because I want to have like a list of questions just to make sure we don't ask the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I like I said, I've been reading things about this series a lot. I've been going down like the wormholes and just to kind of see where this series began and where it was kind of kind of going to go, how I think what one of the original developers at Silicon Knights was was basically saying like what you see is in the Soul Reaver series or the Legacy of Kane series wasn't even close to our vision. So it really makes me wonder like, you know, what was their vision, you know, for the rest of this game series. Yeah, that's somebody I can email to see if we can like I want to email Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig. I'm going to email Amy Hennig because she's a hero of mine. Yeah, and I I almost asked Justin to do that, but I didn't. Uh, like I don't I don't know why I wasn't thinking about it because like I said, I also want to buy that uh, Uncharted pack because Simon Templeman does voice acting for those games as well. Have you heard anything about the whole like behind the scenes shit as to why Amy as to why she left Naughty Dog? I want to say I maybe I read something about some discrimination practices, but I'm not exactly sure. I, I didn't read exactly sure why she left. I mean, this is just all speculation. So anybody listening, take what I'm saying <laughs> with a grain of salt. But basically, what I've heard is that. Uh, she was forced out by Neil Druckmann, the head of The Last of Us 2, mm-hmm. because she wouldn't toe the line in regards to the types of characters that he wanted in the game. Like, and that's all I've heard. That's all I know about mm-hmm. it. And judging from the fan reaction to last of us 2 i gotta say that was a bad fucking decision (laughs) so in regards to last of us 2 um did you play it nope but you know i rebought a ps3 to play the first one yeah and i still want to go back and play the first one but um now here's the interesting thing like i said i know the 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 drama that was surrounding the last of us 2 um like i mean i even read it but it didn't make sense to me because I kind of didn't play the first game. Um, I'll be honest, everybody who I've, I know personally that has played it, they still say it's a pretty amazing game despite what you read. See, I, 
I don't have a PS4, and it was one of those games that I doubt is going to get ported to PC, but then again, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn and Death Stranding got PC ports, which shocked the hell out of me. So, I mean, I so I read the story, and all right, so I don't want to spoil anything for you, mm-hmm. but the way The Last of Us 1 ended... Mm-hmm. Joel, he uh, he he saves Ellie from a group of people, and that's all I'm gonna say. And what I've heard about the Last of Us Part Two story is like one of those groups of people, one of those peoples that he killed, saving her, their son or their their child, comes back and murders Joel, mm-hmm. basically. And that didn't sit right with me because that group of people that he saves her from at the end, they didn't really go into their backstory or anything. To mm-hmm. me, it's like, you know, a stormtrooper's child hunting down Han Solo because he, <laughs> he killed one of them. You know, we have no emotional connection to these mm-hmm. people, and it just seemed like a cheap way to get an emotional pop. Yeah, I I actually saw the I the character Joel. Yeah, I actually saw the death scene, but like I said, I because I I didn't play the first one or you know, I didn't um I kind of had no clue like how this story was or what the premise of the story was. Like I was just kind of like okay, I think this is one of the reasons why people are are upset, but um I I'll, I'll say this if if I could if I can uh I know the the first one's ported to PS4, so I, I'll gladly you know pay that uh, play that if I can find Last of Us Two for like twenty bucks because I just don't I just won't spend sixty on it just because I have other games to play. But if I can find it for a deal, like you know, I'll gladly play it and, and give a review on it. Yeah, I mean, let me know what you think of it if you play it because. I would play it, and I I'd try to be as objective as possible while I'm playing it. But at the same time, it's just uh, I think you were also invested, very invested in that very first game. Yeah, I, I was very invested in that first game. But I mean, I, I'm sure I'll check it out eventually. It's just not something that's on my radar right now. Like especially since I know how it ends and what happens to Joel. But yeah, I I could agree. I could agree with that. Right now I'm I'm playing through a DMC4 a special edition. I'm just replaying. I just pick something to replay. That's what I'm replaying through now. So um like I said, if I find uh I'm pretty sure I can like I said I'm I'm really going to look and see if I can find those uncharted games on sale and try to complete all three of them before uh before our interview. <laughs> oh, there's four of them now. Did Amy Henning write the uh, fourth one? Nope. Oh, well. <laughs> there's three then. Uh, if Simon did some voice work for the fourth one, I- I'll still play it just just off of a uh, general principle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, What did you think of Devil May Cry 5? I think so. Okay. I do think Devil May Cry 5 is probably the best game out of the series. Um, it's probably the most fluid. As I said, I'm recently going back through four now, the special edition, and I'm 
I'm kind of like, man, this game's a little bland and it's a little boring. Like, to be honest, like if I had to rank my, like I changed my ranking now, like my ranking goes five, three, one, four, and then two. Like, I noticed there are some similarities with, uh, and this, like I said, this should just be one of my takes. Um, I don't know, like, just, I don't think, I think that, like, white, bland, eggshell background of, like, some of the stages in 4, it's just, it's, it's just very bland, and it's, like, I had to keep, like, it's almost like a chore for me to finish this, the special edition version of this game. Like, to tell you how, how much this is, like, I, I pulled out the strategy guide just so I can get through these levels as quick as possible. <laughs> Damn. See, I, I get what you're saying about four, and overall, I'd say that I'd agree with your ranking of them. I haven't finished five yet. I ha- honestly haven't even gotten very far in it, but I do like what I played. I thought the intro was badass. I um I think that was the best game of 2019. I thought that was my game of the year, 2019, personally. Um, and I think Capcom was actually on a very good roll, considering they dropped that and then Resident Evil 2 back-to-back. Yeah. Have you played uh, Resident Evil 7 yet? Nah, um, I haven't. I've, I've thought to buy it sometimes when they have those games on sale, but I just, I don't know. I, I saw, like, footage of it, and I was just like, this game kind of looks uninteresting. Oh, it, it's awesome. Like, honestly, that, that, that was probably the start of Capcom's, like, resurgence. And I didn't realize this until a few days ago, actually. But the guy that wrote Fear, you remember mm-hmm. those games? He yeah, wrote, I remember Fear 1 and 2. Yeah, he wrote Resident Evil 7. And that explained a lot to me because there's a quite a bit of similarities between Fear and Resident Evil 7. And the Resident Evil 2 remake was awesome. The 3 remake, I finished that and... It was very, it wasn't as good as 7 or the 2 remake. Well, like I was kind of explaining to somebody, um, Resident Evil 3 was a short game anyway. Like, I don't remember if you remember on PS1, like, the only difficulties you could choose were easy or hard. Yeah. And, I mean, that game was, like, that game kind of gave you everything. Like, it wasn't as hard or as I mean, it had some horror elements with Nemesis, but... You start off with an assault rifle. Yeah. So, I, I mean, like I said, I, I, I think I'm I'm going to get it, but I'm going to wait till it hits uh probably like 25 bucks or maybe 20 bucks. Um, Because, like I said, I just don't think Resident Evil... Resident Evil 3 is a short game, was a short game anyway um, in its original form. And I, I don't see how you could even make it any longer. Uh, <laughs> well... With, my big problem with the remake of 3 is that, like, okay, in the remake of 2, they did Mr. X perfectly. Mm-hmm. He he was terrifying. Like, the way he stalked you through the police station, you could hear his footsteps above you, all that shit. The problem with the remake in 3 is that all of Nemesis's, uh appearances are scripted. It's not like Mr. X. Like, he only comes up in extremely specific points, so he's not stalking you throughout the entire game. 
that was my big issue with it. And I enjoyed the remake. I mean, I really couldn't complain because of, mm. of Robert gave me the code he got for... No, it was actually Steve. Steve got mm. a code for it for free that he got with his uh, new graphics card, and he gave me the code for helping him install it. And I enjoyed it. It just... I was just expecting more out of their their interpretation of Nemesis. Yeah, and I mean, Nemesis looks amazing, but I, like I said, I just, when I looked at it and I saw that they were remaking it, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This is one of those instances where I'm like, 60 bucks, and eh, Resident Evil 3 ain't worth 60 bucks. Like, no, like, probably the only version that's worth 60 bucks is the GameCube version, and that's just because it's the GameCube version. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I even hear they're looking to remake 4, which I've never played 4. So that's still something I still have to play. Um, See, Resident Evil Four is hands down like that. That that was Resident Evil Four is probably my favorite game of. Wasn't that the sixth console generation? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's easily my favorite one. Like I played played it through on the GameCube. I played the PS2 version. I played it on the Wii. I even played the shitty PC port that didn't have mouse or keyboard controls. <laughs> and, I mean, Resident Evil 4 is a great game. I, I hope, if they are remaking 4, that they go back to some of the initial like uh, design documents mm-hmm. for it, where it where it had that old school static camera and stuff like that, because I would love to see that re-explored. I do have a theory on uh, besides cash grabs of why they're remaking these games is to flesh out the story a little bit more, because as we know, the story of Resident Evil is a little convoluted and a little discombobulated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Resident Evil 5 with the whole Chris punching boulders. And that shit's still hype to me. <laughs> as bad as it is, that shit's still hype to me. It's still hype. I mean, I I will defend Resident Evil 5 to the death. There are people that hate that game and can't stand it. That's my favorite. <laughs> like, my thoughts were, what did you expect after Resident Evil 4? Like... People consider four to be the pinnacle of the series other than two. Like, I mean, Capcom, I feel like their backs were kind of up against a wall. Like, we really can't change much anymore. Let's add co-op to it. And I love the co-op. Like, and even if you did weren't playing co-op and just had the AI Sheva, once you knew the right weapons to give her, the game was fine. Like, you didn't want to give her shotguns or pistols. Just give her the automatic weapons and sniper rifles. Yeah, exactly. No, but Chris punching boulders, that shit's hype. (laughs) That shit's always going to be hype with me. Yeah. It was entertaining to watch. It's just that was the point where Resident Evil just sort of, like, had no pretense of being scary or being taken seriously. And then Resident Evil 6 jumped the shark completely. Uh, yeah, I think um, I wouldn't mind going back and playing one of the versions, either on PC or PS4, where it's 60 frames per second. Um, 
but yeah, even I tried to play through uh, the first part of that game, and yeah, it was just the 360 version was awful. Oh, Resident Evil Six. Yeah. Yeah, the dude, the first level in that game, it's seventy-five percent of it is quick time events. Yeah, like I said, I played it on 360. I remember you played it on, you had it on PC when it came out, and um, or you had got a copy, and um, it looked miles better and played miles better than the 360 version. Yeah, I mean, Resident Evil 6 had problems, but uh, what Jake that character? Yeah. His campaign was fun. It reminded me of God Hand. If you ever played that. I always wanted to play that game. I might have to fire up the uh, PS PSC PC PCS X2 emulator. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, if you in if you enjoy beat 'em ups, God Hand is one of the best, but Jake's campaign was fun. Leon's was all right, but Chris's campaign, like, you can, like, to me, that was a Japanese studio. Chris's campaign was like a Japanese studio trying to copy what made Call of Duty so popular without understanding why it was so popular, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, that's about all I've got for news stories do you have anything regarding wrestling or anything like that because i was looking at the list and i was like damn i probably should have been looking into some of the wrestling shit well one thing i can say is uh i did notice a few things which which this will teach me to be better and actually have notes for this uh each coming sunday or whenever we record this but um so i know that in AEW, cody lost the champion the tnt championship to brody lee um, which I'm going to pay attention to that because, I mean, when he was Luke Harper in WWE, he was a, an amazing wrestler. He just didn't get a chance. I just don't think they knew what to do with him. So this is Cody's, I think this is technically his second, no, his third loss in AEW since they actually keep a hold of wins and losses. Um, so I'm going to be looking towards uh, Dynamite. Uh, this coming Wednesday or whenever it is. I know the NBA playoffs are going on. Um, SummerSlam is going on right now. Um, I'm going to check out a few matches of that. Particularly, I just mainly want to check out um, the championship matches and specifically the women's. I know Sasha Banks and Bayley have been essentially put that company on their backs and have been running it for the past couple of months um, with their storylines. And also back to our Suicide Squad game, I believe Samoa Joe is voicing King Shark in that game as well. Hmm. All right. Like, I'm I'll be right back. Give me one second. Mm hmm. All right, but yeah, Samoa Joe's success in WWE, for me personally, completely baffles me. Because I don't think he's somebody that Vince McMahon, like, thinks looks good. Like, you 
we both know Vince McMahon has a thing for like tall, big guys. Yeah, he does. He check. He checks off every. He checks off every lit. Every one of Vince's check marks, except for the, huh? He's kind of flabby and big. So I mean, I can't put him on as the face of my company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm. Is it true that like AEW has been beating, or Dynamite has been beating Raw in the ratings since uh, it's come out? So I don't know about Raw, but it's definitely been uh, beating NXT a couple of times. Um, I don't know. Like sometimes I've seen. I know Meltzer puts out the numbers, and I know some other people put out the numbers um but I, i'll say this usually what i see is it's generally about an average of almost at least and don't crucify me for this people it looks like it's about anywhere from like 50 to 100,000 people you know watching like that looks like that's the difference maker like as i said sasha and bailey have been uh because they're the Raw tag team, no, not the Raw, but because they're the women's tag team champs, and both Bailey is the SmackDown women's champ and Sasha is the uh, Raw women's champ, they've essentially been going to all three shows, Raw, NXT, um, and SmackDown. So they've actually been giving stellar matches, you know, on all three programs. Um and I think that was at a time when a, I mean, like I said, it was just this past month, but I was paying attention more to that than I technically was to AEW. Like I, I paid attention to Cody's uh open challenge uh with the TNT title, um, but I, I honestly I was I was kind of more uh into what Sasha Banks and Baylor were doing just because, like I said, their their whole thing, just like I said, they've just literally been killing it across all three programs. See, I haven't watched, like, sat down and watched wrestling in a long time. Like, I know what's going on. Like, you know, it's like I can't help but hear the rumblings, you know. Mm -hmm. And what shocked me was that I think I was watching a Parts Fun Gnome video on YouTube or something. And it's like people are getting tired of Charlotte Flair. Now... Like I said, I'm not watching, but I just don't see how you could get tired of looking at Charlotte Flair. And I just don't – I'm not a blonde person at all, but I see her, and I'm like, good God, she is a goddess. So I think one of the reasons is, um, you know, there is a lot of talent on that roster. And I think what irritates people is, it is Charlotte Flair – probably the female version of her dad and just as good yeah she is like i can't take that away from her but it's it's kind of like okay you do have other talent like you have rhea ripley you have bianca belair you have you have sasha banks um all of those are, are still outstanding talent but it's kind of like you kept seeing the same old matches you know and anything any other talents like you saw is like okay let's just put charlotte in here and so i mean cena syndrome like back when cena the whole cena wins lol meme yeah i mean it's kind of like it, it it's been kind of like that i mean i'll say this like charlotte's put on charlotte puts on amazing matches um i could probably pinpoint some of them where i felt like she didn't need to win but um I mean, unfortunately, it's kind of one of those things where it's nepotism meets amazing talent, and 
I mean, those two combined together, I mean, I understand why she gets booked the way that she does. Yeah, I mean, in a way, I I don't think that I can blame the WWE because we both know that WWE has foregone financial success just because Vince has had like a stick up his ass about something before. Like our whole thing before was like Vince McMahon doesn't like money. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's so I can understand the frustration with that. Like now that you've explained that to me, it's just like uh, all right. So it's a uh, people want uh, other talent to get over. I get it. Yeah, and um, like I said, it's not like they don't have the talent. Like I'm interested to see. Like I mean, obviously we saw several like high profile releases. Um, Gallows and Anderson. Who ended up going to Impact, um, and which I've heard, you know, Impact has actually been pretty good since it's uh since I think somebody else has taken over them. I think Impact's been actually very good. Um, you know, we had Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona going to AEW, so it's like, hmm, do we finally get to see what his actual talent is? You know. It's like you kind of got to give these guys or, or, or women, you know, a chance to actually shine. And it's like you can't do that if, you know, the constant, you know, ones that, if you're not. It's, essentially, you can't do it if you're not building them up to be a star. Is Dolph Ziggler in the main event scene yet? Uh, Maybe. I think he's had a <laughs> few run-ins with Drew McIntyre. Um. Since he's the uh, world champion right now, which I, which one of the things I do hate, I hate that he's the world champion. I don't hate that he's the world champion. I just hate that he's the world champion right now because I believe, you know, he deserves, you know, an audience to, you know, display his talents to. Yeah, yeah, that that whole, this whole situation's a bummer because uh. There's a lot of stuff that's just been put on the back burner because of this, and I understand why completely, but at the same time, I I can't help but feel, like, empathy for everybody involved, because like you said, like, Drew McIntyre, like, we both know the type of career he's had. You know, he was in 3MB, basically a jobber. For yeah. his entire wrestling career, and now he finally gets some steam, and this shit happens. Well, yeah, because he—I mean—he went, he left WWE when him and Gender got released, and then, you know, he tore the indie scene up as Drew Galloway, and then he comes back in as Drew McIntyre in NXT, and I mean, he's ripped. He literally looks like a almost like a Viking almost, and you know, he does great in, in it. He does great in NXT. He comes up to the main roster, you know, he gets that WrestleMania championship moment against Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar, who looks like a legitimate threat to Brock Lesnar, you know, and like one of the things that I hate is, uh, you know, during the WrestleMania weekend, he kicked out of a F5 at one at a count of one. And I mean, just think about like how, how the crowd would have been, you know, if, you know, a crowd had been there. Yeah, like that, that the pop would have been insane. Exactly. So that, that, 
That's yeah. the move that put the Undertaker away, and he's kicking out at one. Yeah, I have to. Uh, speaking of which, I have to see some of these uh, Undertaker. Uh, I think it's an Undertaker documentary that's on the WWE Network. I'm gonna uh, have to check it out. Yeah, I was interested in that too. I was telling Justin about it. I I was really interested in seeing that. I might have to see if I can get my hands on that now. Yeah, but yeah, that that's mainly all in in wrestling news. Like I said, SummerSlam's going on right now. Um, like I said, I know the 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 two big matches were um Oscar has a match against Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Title, and she has a match match against Sasha for the Raw Women's Title, and uh, Braun Strowman versus uh the Fiend. Oh, I. I have seen that fiend angle. That that was impressive. Very. Yeah, I I love the whole, you know, the Sesame Street type thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, Bray Wyatt needs way more attention than he, he's he's getting. Like I think. Like I, I'm glad they're letting him do his like, or at least they seem to be letting him do his own thing creatively. I mean. We've seen this man literally kind of get himself over almost like three times completely. Yeah, yeah. And didn't he lost to Goldberg, didn't he? Yeah, Goldberg came in and uh and squashed him. Good God. Alright, that's just Hey, it was it was in the it was when one of the Saudi Arabia shows, um, like I said, between we already know there's tons of controversy with those shows being taken in place, but we 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 know the reason why. It's like those people have never seen people like Triple H, The Undertaker, Kane, Goldberg. So it's like, yeah, we'll sacrifice someone's push for a shit ton of money. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you could blame them, but at the same time, you can't. But you really want to, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't think those shows have done anything. I, like I said, I think they just, I think the only thing they've literally done is I think they've given, they've probably given WWE some more cushion because of the money, you know, that they made essentially with those shows. But like I said, as far as that goes, that's that's pretty much all in wrestling, you know, until uh, until the results of tonight. All right, cool. Well, I guess we'll reconvene next week then and talk about what happened tonight. Sure, I'll make sure I have um, I'll have some bullet points, or if I find any other interesting topping, topping, topics, right. <laughs> topics like I want pizza. <laughs> now you've got me wanting pizza now. But uh, yeah, man, it was good talking to you. Good having same. you on, bro. Same, same. Thank you. All right, no problem, bro. I'll All talk right. to you later. We'll do. All right. Peace.